Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts. You can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane Heating and Cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button and remember all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508 508- 252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401-885-4209. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. It's Thursday. It's going to be a very warm Thursday, folks. This weather is just remarkable. And, uh, I mean, to me, I fully get that some people are saying and it, it doesn't feel like winter and blah, blah, blah. But this mild weather, it sounds like we're going to break a record today. Temperatures are already well into the 60s. I mean, I think it's fantastic. Today could get up to 65. That's golf weather. And then uh, tomorrow is also another warm day. Now, the end of next week... As you heard in the forecast, the end of next week, it starts to get a little bit cold. But, you know, as we're looking to, and no snow, no real snow, no sizable snow in the forecast, and especially when it extends to next Saturday, I mean, then we're into March, and then you start to get, you know, three weeks away from spring. So, well, last night, um, for those of you who have been to the Rhode Island State House, <clears throat> as long as you cross right in front when you come out the main door you're fine but um the the rhode island state house when people are coming down smith street and then they're going to head towards um north main street it there is a little bit of a of a blind spot as you're coming up because it truly is a hill but it's a hill where then you, you have to cross in the middle So apparently last night, Judge Richard Leach, who, talk about an insider's insider, I mean, he was lieutenant governor, he was uh, very prominent also within the Chafee administration, he was leaving the, the state house and got hit badly, but the person stayed on the, on the scene, the driver, he was not in the crosswalk. But I just want to hear this piece on Richard Lee. After being hit by a car outside of the state house last night. It's the second time in a 24-hour span that a pedestrian was hit by a car in the capital city. Erica Ritchie live outside the state house right now with the very latest. 
Well, guys, good morning. So several lawmakers are now spouting off about this because this happened right outside of the place where many of them spend most of their time. So this hits very close to home, some taking to social media, now calling for more protections for pedestrians in the state of Rhode Island. We'll show you what they're saying in just a moment, but first let's show you the scene as it unfolded last night. This was around 6 o'clock just outside of the State House on Smith Street. We're told that Judge Richard Leach was leaving the State House when he was hit by a woman driving a yellow Jeep. His injury is considered critical, but he was stable at Rhode Island Hospital at last check. State leaders, as I mentioned, now using the judge's accident to highlight what they say is a need to step up pedestrian safety. So to Twitter we go now. Representative Rebecca Kislak tweeting, hoping for Judge Leach's swift and complete healing, also hoping for a rethink of pedestrian safety. We have to do better. Representative Teresa Tanzi also on Twitter last night saying that she was deeply disturbed by the incident and saying, I just want to understand why we cannot implement the complete streets that is current state law to protect our vulnerable road users. Now, police were asked about this area on Smith Street and if conditions could be improved. Here's how they responded last night. Fairly well, well lit. I mean, you have this speed bump there on the top of the hill. You have the crosswalk, so obviously it gets a little darker down the street, but it's well lit. He so wasn't in the crosswalk. Those factors, is this typically a place where we see a lot of accidents? Or? No, no, we did not see a lot of accidents over here. but that will all now be part of the investigation. I should let you know, we don't know, guys, where exactly the judge was in the street when he was hit by the car. That's also what police will be looking at in addition to the condition of the driver at that time and if there's any impairment to be looked at right now, though, they do not indicate that there could be any criminal charges coming, but we'll keep an eye on that for you. Let's talk about the judge. He is recovering this morning, as I mentioned. Uh, he was, uh, he is currently, excuse me, a superior court judge, has been in that position since 2014. Before that, though, he was the director of the administration department yep. under former governor Lincoln Chafee, and he also served as lieutenant governor here in the state of Rhode Island in the late 1980s. That's the latest live in Providence. Erica Ritchie, 12 News. You know, he wasn't in the crosswalk. Richard Leach, I mean, I hope he, he's okay, but and I know exactly where it happened. You you come out, but then as you start to go down the hill, there's a parking lot across the street, and that's where most people, especially after hours, if you go to the state house, it's an open lot and people just park there. I'm sure he did that, and you time it right. You can just come right across the street. It was daylight, but as soon as it gets dark, I believe the accident happened shortly after six o'clock between six and six thirty uh right around there maybe even well whatever six six twenty perhaps uh, the initial report was that it was in critical condition it sounds like he could be on the way to a full recovery now the driver not being charged listen he he's darting out not in the crosswalk if you walk in the crosswalk it's well lit and traffic comes to a stop i think it's interesting now that but see look how they operate as soon as something happens to one of them if there were consistently pedestrians being hit uh somewhere i i don't think they they go to do anything it all suddenly becomes as soon as one of i mean leach is definitely one of the insiders he was named the the judge under chafee that was what they uh, ed acorn at the time they called it the outdoor prom uh, the journal was against, Providence Journal thought it was against him becoming a judge, and it should have been. And um, 
it, it, I, I don't remember exactly. It was kind of bizarre where Leach was almost saying that he was not the director of administration. And, but Ed Acorn, they wrote a piece, The Adult Prom. So they insisted on having his ceremony outside in the back of the state house, seemingly like facing the journal to almost mock the Providence Journal for having the ceremony. But he's definitely been around for a long time. I think he has a family member um, who was high up in the Ramundo administration. <clears throat> or maybe it's the McKee administration. And, and now, again, someone's coming down that hill. It's dark out. They're, they're in a dark, dark clothing. And they run in front of your vehicle across the street. Um, the, the person that, you know, they, they weren't driving impaired. They weren't under the influence. Look how... Some of the reps immediately moved towards, well, you know, we have to change this. And we, I like how the Providence police officer actually, no, we don't have, we don't have a lot of accidents there. No, that's, that's actually not a problem. Um, when people stay within the crosswalk, then it can work fine. Now, going across the crosswalk and whether or not that's convenient is, is another story. But, um, but let me, um, I want to just also get to, there's a development with the mayor of Pawtucket, and they are not in a hurry to get that Officer Dolan back on the force. Let me hear this. Right now, where the police department has made a decision on the future of the officer acquitted last month of shooting a teenager. Mayor Don Grevian announcing this morning that the department has decided to move to terminate Officer Dan Dolan after an internal investigation. A jury found Dolan not guilty of shooting a teenager while off duty in the parking lot of a West Greenwich pizza shop in 2021. In a statement, the mayor wrote that even though Dolan was acquitted, it does not mean that his conduct was appropriate. We'll bring you more on the story today on 12 News and on WPRI.com. You know, that one of the things that they're definitely going to look at is revising the uh, Leobor. They definitely want to uh, revise that. And, and with some of the provisions, I, I still think they're going to have a, a tough time firing this guy. I mean, he, he, he was not fired. Um, he's been on suspension. He's been uh, suspended without pay. They want to permanently fire him. But I'm, I'm not so sure that they're going to be able to fire him with something like that now i also want to um it's interesting i remember when this hit tiktok it was a big story in the boston globe but this girl in massachusetts i think she goes to northeastern she went to the hospital after a party saying i i think i there was a it was a i was the victim of a date rape drug but because the hospital said because she wasn't saying she was sexually assaulted they wouldn't test her for it i want to just uh, play some of this because they know that they're not going to be able to get tested. A Massachusetts state senator recently filed legislation in an effort to address so-called date rape drug incidents across the state. Senator Paul Feeney of Foxborough says his bill would establish a testing protocol and care for victims of these drug cases, regardless of whether or not a sexual assault has occurred. 12 News reporter Alexandra Leslie joins us now from Attleboro with more details about the bill and the inspiration behind it. That's new at 530. Senator Paul Feeney says the date rape drug crisis really came into focus when he came across a TikTok posted by a Mansfield resident who says she was drugged but struggled to find care. 
I got roofied Saturday night. In a three-minute video posted last October, 20-year-old Brindley Melia documented her experience after being drugged at a house party. She says she went to Mass General to be tested for date rape drugs, but was denied because she says she was not sexually assaulted. Tell me why drugging someone isn't considered criminal activity in a hospital setting. A spokesperson for MGH said they were unable to comment on the specific issue due to patient privacy. For someone who's not in your position, why would that be important in finding out? For me personally, like, it was just, like, why wouldn't I? Melia was able to use her university health insurance to order a lab test, which confirmed she was drugged. Still, she kept pushing MGH for change. I was actually on my own able to um, have Mass General and Brigham and Women's change their testing policies. Multiple requests for more information from MGH were not returned. A letter Melia received from the hospital's Office of Patient Advocacy told her now all patients will be tested if they have concerns about the ingestion of rohypnol. I don't think anyone should have to be sexually violated to then have to discover what was put into their body. Massachusetts State Senator Paul Feeney says he saw Amelia's video. It was absolutely alarming to hear what her experience was. Feeney says his office found similar experiences from residents all across the state. He filed a bill that would create a task force and also establish a testing protocol and care for victims of date rape drugs. So that survivors, again, many of them young women, don't have to play hospital roulette that they can actually go to an emergency room, get tested for these drugs, and find out what was in their system. And then they can report a crime if that did happen to them. Senator Feeney says this bill has not been sent to committee yet, but when it does, he says he plans to ask for an expedited hearing to address what he says is an emergency situation. Reporting in Attleboro, Alexandra Leslie, 12 News. It sure is. I mean, it's very, very serious how much of that is going on out there. All right, folks, much more ahead. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Next time you have an emergency, think AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center. And also, 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. AtMed Urgent Care, when you have an emergency, they specialize ambulatory medicine. They provide immunization, school, and sports physicals. At AtMed Urgent Care, they provide comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals families they're on duty at all times they're open seven days a week walk-in routine urgent care minor surgical now if you're in a car accident go to atman urgent care avoid the long wait at the emergency rooms they also do adult vaccinations laboratory testing atman urgent care when it's an emergency 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston, that's right, in the Atwood Medical Center, and also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, online at admedurgentcare.net. Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, which is dipietro.com. Join us uh, right now. He is our legal analyst legal expert he is also one of Rhode Island's top attorneys it is attorney Tim Dodd and Tim I'd like to start off with the Providence Journal got their hands on some uh you know rather provocative videos that apparently show some members of Chad Brown inside the ACI and they're apparently you know in the video um that they're bragging about crimes and talking about different crimes 
I'm getting a number of people asking if if that's the type of thing that that prosecutors could use to maybe, you know, up a sentence. Could this deny someone parole or is this part of, you know, whatever they may be saying uh, just to survive life inside the ACI? It's it's all just talk. Well, if if they have been sentenced, the prosecutors can't come back and say, hey, look at this. These guys are saying X, Y and Z. We think they should do more time. Um, it would be more um, of a concern for these um, guys if they were to file a motion for a reduced sentence on any particular basis. And it could certainly also um, hurt them, as you point out, if, if and when they are eligible to go before the parole board, you know, Typically, you'll go into the parole board saying how contrite you are and how sorry you are for your crimes and you've been rehabilitated and you've seen the error of your ways. And these guys are on video bragging about what they participated in. So at some point, it will uh, bite them in the fanny. Um, but if they've been sentenced, they, the, court, the, the prosecutors can't go for an enhanced sentence based upon this after acquired information i don't think that's likely okay and and what about i mean that's maybe across the bridge that if someone were to say hey listen you know i was i was just trying to improve my prison cred and i was saying this to embellish so people would leave me leave me alone or you know who knows so down the line this is something they may have to deal with well yeah and that would certainly be a credibility problem they're bragging you know, inside um, the prison, talking about their crimes, they might well say, I had to say these things to have my credibility in, in the joint. But right. when are they telling the truth? When they now sure. say it was all made up or when they were actually bragging about the crimes? I, I think that any reasonable person on the parole board is not going to believe that they lied and trumped up their um, criminal conduct to get uh, uh, some cred inside the prison. I think that's something they could argue, but I don't think it'll hold water. Folks, we're speaking with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, our next story, it's certainly unusual. It was Monday, and Situate police get called. Uh, you know, normally pretty low crime, if even no crime type area. But they say, yeah, there's a guy walking on the road, young guy, and he's flagging down motorists. Well, the police respond. Guy's being kind of standoffish, won't really answer questions, won't produce identification. And then, you know, the police notice he's got a rifle and a shoulder bag. He's got uh, silencers. Um, he's got all kinds of ammunition and guns, and he's got a screen mask. And... So, you know, the police take them in on, on a number of different charges. Just just looking at this, what what about, you know, technically he, he wasn't committing a crime. I mean, it certainly seems someone that was maybe possibly on their way to some kind of a home invasion or, or whatever. But but what about the legal aspect that technically he, he hadn't he hadn't yet committed a crime, but it certainly seemed very odd out of place that someone had this type of gear on them suddenly just on a, a Monday afternoon in Situate? It's a very odd situation, John. Um, currently, the guy's being held at the ACI pending a competency hearing. So there must be some question 
um, about his mental competency. Now, you're right. I mean, he hadn't yet, quote unquote, committed a crime, but they've got him for at least a charge of resisting arrest. Yep. Now, if he's resisting arrest and not providing information, does that give the cops to inquire further? Did they have probable cause to go rummaging through what else this guy had, such as the long guns, the silencer, he had a shiv of some sort. Um, all of those he's been charged with, those are all criminal offenses, um, especially the silencer and a prohibited weapon, which would be he had some homemade sort of shiv that he, that he um, created. So there's enough in terms of criminal charges to at least for the moment hold him at the ACI. You know, we don't have all the facts of this yet. There may well be down the line a motion to suppress what the police confiscated. Um, you know, will there be a probable cause argument made by the defense? Probably so. It's just a question of what the cops did, what was the sequence of events. But at first, it sounds like the guy... Um, might have had some potential psychological problems. It's an yeah. odd thing to be doing in the middle of the day, but it should also get people to you know wake up and take notice. Even in a nice, sleepy, safe town like Situate, there's things going on out there that you've got to be on your toes and um, be aware of what's going on around you. Because had he got gotten a car to stop, who knows what might have happened. And yeah. thank God we didn't have to um, um, address that reality if it in fact occurred. Tim Dodd, what about the fact that the holding him at the ACI for uh, e evaluation? Is that a delay tactic where they're trying to maybe piece together exactly uh, what, what is going on here? How long does something like that last? How easy is like something like that granted? Well, it's depending on what the police reports showed in terms of this guy's um, conduct at the scene. Was he um, coherent? Was he answering questions, you know, in, in a logical, competent manner? Or was he just, you know, not responding to things appropriately? Did he not have a sense of the understanding of his surroundings? him all of those would be factors but at a competency hearing uh, that can take a little while because there would have to be um, experts weighing in on the guy's competency i mean he would probably hire an expert to say that he is competent excuse me that he perhaps that he is competent depending on what the other defenses are so um, he could probably be held for Oh, maybe 30 days they'd get something heard. They can't keep them in there. Right. Yep. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. Get the most of your outdoor space with Limitless Outdoors. Call today for a free quote. 401-580-1852. Limitless Outdoors. They specialize in patios, walkways, steps. They did a fantastic job 
on my outside steps, outdoor kitchens, landscape lighting, retaining walls, lawn installations, excavation, call Limitless Outdoors today. Let's dream, build, and enjoy. 401-580-1852. Based in Smithfield, Limitless Outdoors. They also do indoor fireplaces or outdoor fireplaces. Limitless Outdoors. Call them today. Free quote. Get the most of your outside. You're going to love what they can do for you. 401-580-1852. 401-580-1852. Limitless Outdoors. Dream build, enjoy. We speak with our legal expert. It's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, um, I do want to ask you about, boy, this train derailment in Ohio, where there's kind of a chemical explosion and huge flames. And suddenly, you know, there's the governor telling people, oh, no, it's safe to go back in your home. But I would I would just drink maybe bottled water for now. And there's, they're talking about wildlife are just dying, fish are dying in streams. What, what type of uh, legal liability could either the state, the government, or the railroad, whoever was shipping that, uh, what, what type of, um, of, of, of uh, could they be held accountable? Accountability is the word I'm looking for. Well, as, as this case is investigated, the materials that were being transported on this train, were they appropriate to be transported in this method? Were all the appropriate safety precautions taken? You know, that would be for the uh, company asking for these hazardous materials to be transported. Then you've got the train, you know, the, the railway that was transporting this stuff. What caused the derailment? Was it negligence of the conductor? Was it poor maintenance of the tracks? I mean, there's going to be lots of litigation over this, and I would presume significant personal injury claims to folks who live in that area. Mm. You could also have a potential claim against the state if the governor's saying, no problem, go home, everything's fine here, just drink bottled water. Um, That's potentially a very reckless thing for the governor to say, uh, just go back to your homes, everything's fine. If people listen and they follow that instruction to their detriment, there could be legal proceedings resulting from that too. But between the train, um, the railway, and the um, mover of these hazardous materials, there'll be a, there'll be a ton of litigation over this because there's okay. going to be lots of I would unfortunately think a lot of people will uh, discover injuries now or in, you know, the short to long term. Sometimes exposure doesn't have an immediate uh, negative effect. It can take a while, but it's um, it's an awful thing. And it's someone in a situation like that, Tim Dodd, are they better off just joining some part of a class action suit? Um. At this juncture, probably yes, and I'm sure there's already lawyers in that part of the country trying to gin up clients to create a class action. I would think that's already in the works. Those things happen very quickly. Folks, again, we're speaking with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, we've been on Trump uh, crime indictment watch for some time. There's there's still no shortage of – every time you turn around, there's still another headline – that someone's trying to get some information, that they're still going after him. 
What is the latest on the potential legal pitfalls for the former president? Well, the United States government is continuing to press um, President Trump's attorneys um, trying to get around what's normally the attorney-client privilege. Um, there's an exception. Well, let's back up. Um, Trump's attorney is deposed. Trump's attorney invokes on many occasions the refusal to answer based upon the attorney-client privilege. Now, we don't know precisely what those questions were, but I'm sure they'd have to do with um, advice, counsel that may or may not have been given by the attorneys to President Trump um, that could have led to destroying, covering up um, documents or lying about the existence of documents. We don't really know. But there is an exception to the attorney-client privilege. It's the crime-slash-fraud exception. So if an attorney is counseling a client um, how to commit a crime, how, how to lie about it, how to commit perjury, um, give some great advice, here's how you rob this bank, this is what you're going to do. Or, well, when you're asked this question under oath, here's what you're going to say, you know, and whatever the, the lawyer would be proposing would be perjury. If the lawyer's advice is advising the client to commit a crime, that type of communication is not protected by the attorney-client privilege, okay. and the lawyer could be compelled to answer yep. um, it's a, it's a tricky wicket because the questions what they're trying to drill down to is did this lawyer provide advice to president Trump, um, which would, if followed, um, suggest or advise the commission of a crime. That's an exception to the attorney client privilege. Okay. Um, and, and, and Tim Dodd, do you think at some point, I mean, is this all just going to continue to hang out there or do you think there's a, when a lot of this may be resolved? I, I think it's going to be a steady drip, drip, drip of more and mm. more, um, material of this type, either coming out of the state of New York, coming out of the state of Georgia, coming out of the state of Florida, coming out of the U S attorney's office, um, you know, it, it does, if Donald Trump committed the crimes that are suggested, he should pay, pay the consequence, face the consequences and pay the price. Um, it does seem to be a very orchestrated um, attack on him from all fronts. Now, yeah. if those attacks are legitimate and if the investigations are legitimate, um, so be it. But it this seems like it comes out in dribs and drabs to constantly uh, keep Donald Trump on the defensive. Yep. And that storyline is carried by the mainstream media. Yep. And um, it's no wonder from a political perspective that he can't get any traction with his political campaign because oh. he's gets sullied and smeared. Well, not maybe smeared. If it's true, it's not a smear. But continually getting sullied with these negative stories, you know, on a weekly basis, it takes its toll. Tim Dodd, the um, firefighters, uh, very, very effective lobby, very, very effective union 
According to the Providence Journal, they spent almost close to 300000 287 in political donations. Now, they're at the State House pushing again for what had been this vetoed disability bill. I- I'm just wondering if, in fact, this time, you know, they certainly grease the right people. They can get this through. What would be some of the legal ramifications for whether it be the state or some of the different cities and towns? Well, the League of Cities and Towns is pushing back hard against this. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what Governor McKee's take would be on it. As you pointed out, Gina Raimondo vetoed this legislation when it passed a couple of years ago. Um, Right now, what this bill would do and you gotta, you got to hand it to the firefighters. They are organized. They spend money. Um, they have great lobbyists. And if you're a firefighter, you love this, um, the union representatives because they do for their members and they get results. If you're not a firefighter, you might not be so thrilled with what they're doing. Right now, the legislation that's um, proposed would make it causally connected that if a firefighter has heart disease, has a stroke, um, has um, hypertension, uh, things of this nature, it's automatically determined to be job-related. It wouldn't matter if the, the firefighter had a terrible diet, wouldn't matter if they had a history of heart disease in the family, wouldn't matter if they were a chain smoker. If this legislation were to pass, um, whether you have a stroke fighting a fire or whether you have that stroke watching TV at home, it's causally connect. It's causally determined. You don't have to prove it that it's job related and you would then be entitled to a, a full disability pension that could uh, add a significant burden on the various cities and towns. If this legislation were to pass the opponents of this proposed bill say that if a firefighter is claiming a disability and seeking a disability pension because of heart disease, stroke, hypertension, and the like, they should have to prove it before the retirement board. I mean, let's assume that there's a history of heart disease in the family running back generations And the person has been a smoker for the last 30 years. The the opponents of this legislation would say these are factors that should be taken into account. If this bill were to pass and the governor didn't veto it, John, then you could could smoke for 30 years, two packs a day, have a terrible diet, um, be overweight and have a history of heart disease in your family. And if any of these things crop up, bingo, you get a full disability pension without having to prove a thing. Wow. So it's, it's a significant piece of legislation. Um, Gina Raimondo stood, stood tall, candidly, and vetoed yeah. this. Um, I'm not sure if um, the governor, governor would do it this time. I mean, I don't know exactly where the $287,000 was spread around, but I'm right. sure it was done so tactically um, with the right people hoping to get the result that the firefighters unions want. And 
I, I wouldn't bet against the firefighters. They're very well organized. They spend yeah. their money and they get results for better or for worse. Tim Dodd, is this one of those things that uh, eventually it'll probably uh, being a, a, a legal situation regarding uh, the, the League of Cities and Towns that regardless, whatever's decided, it certainly sounds as though uh, this is, is going to go the way of it'll, it'll just continue to be bantied about in court. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if, if this legislation were to pass, I'm sure the League of Cities and Towns would try to file some legal action. You know, I, I can't quite tell you what the grounds would be, but they'd come up with something because I don't think they could let this legislation stand without a challenge in the courts. Yeah. Folks, again, he is our legal uh, analyst and expert. It's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, excellent job as always, and we'll talk to you again. Thanks, John. Take care. For over 125 years, Ameriprise Financial has provided advice for clients' unique goals, help millions of Americans retire on their terms. Now, as we're at the end of the year, beginning of a new year, why not take advantage of our free consultation? Call Tom Bryan today, Ameriprise Financial, 401-434-1510. Offices located 400 Massasoit Avenue in East Providence put the strength of a leader in retirement planning to work for, for you through a personal one-on-one -on -one relationship. Call Tom Bryan today, Ameriprise Financial Advisors, 401-434-1510. Get solid advice. Get a plan, whether it's for yourself, you and a spouse, maybe your children or grandchildren. Take advantage of this free consultation, Ameriprise Financial, 401-434-1510. Call right now, 401 401- 434-1510, Tom Bryan, Ameriprise Financial Advisors. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on this Thursday, February 16th, folks, and it is a delightful day. Right here, it's AM 1380, 99.9 .9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. Well, I feel terrible for the people in uh, Ohio. That situation is not getting better I don't blame them for being angry, and they are really speaking out and being vocal on exactly what's happening, and anger is mounting over that toxic train derailment in Ohio. The EPA head will visit the crash site. Residents demanding answers at the town hall. Let, let me, um, I want to hear the latest on this. Start with uh, GMA was expected to be spirited, and it lived up to the billing, as this was the first time that many of these residents were able to publicly uh, express their frustrations and concerns. Overnight, a town hall packed with residents demanding answers. The reality is your town is under a microscope. The EPA administrator is coming tomorrow. Yes. What is your message for him? What do you need? I need help. I have the village on my back, and I'll do whatever it takes. The mayor, state, and local officials trying to reassure skeptical residents that East Palestine is safe after a fiery train derailment and release dumped tankers of toxic chemicals. Notably absent, anyone from Norfolk Southern Railroad. Wow. When I asked Governor Mike DeWine if they should have sent someone, he yes. said, Yeah, absolutely. It's absurd. Norfolk Southern releasing this statement ahead of the meeting, writing in part, after consulting with community leaders, we have become increasingly concerned about the growing physical threat to our employees. The governor also touting confidence in the safety of the city's water supply. If I was there right now, I would drink it. Yesterday, when the health director said 
Yeah, I think I probably would drink the bottle of water. He knew that we didn't have the test results back. Uh, well, today we got the test results back. Still, many evacuees aren't convinced the town is safe enough to return. My grandbabies, that's why I bought this property, so they could play in the creek and have a good time. But I ain't putting them in it this year. I don't know if I'll ever put them back in it. There was a considerable amount of runoff from the incident itself into two creeks that run through the town. I want to see what are they testing for? How are they testing it? What are they looking for? What are they finding? Norfolk Southern announced a $1 million fund to help this community. Still, the state's attorney general is considering legal action against the rail operator, and many of these residents are considering legal action as well. Now, we learned uh, yesterday it was under President Trump they lifted the restrictions on how often brakes would have to be tested on those trains. So, now, make no mistake about it. This is government at its worst, government dropping the ball, private enterprise not being responsible, President Biden and Mayor Pete, these people, they are useless. That governor is, I don't, I don't blame people for being wildly upset at how that is going there. Now, also, yesterday, former U.S. Ambassador Nikki Haley announced she is challenging President Trump for the GOP nomination. She did uh, quite a sit-down with the Today Show. I want to just play some of it because, again, it's one of her first interviews. She's definitely doing uh, a media tour. So this is former governor, ambassador, now GOP candidate, Nikki Haley. To her former boss, Donald Trump, for the Republican nomination. Less than a year ago, um, you said that if former President Trump was going to run, you wouldn't run. It's been reported that a couple weeks ago, you call your former boss, you, you ask for his blessing uh, to run, and he said that, that you, you called him the greatest president. If that's true, then why run against him? I'm going to keep that phone call personal. I didn't ask. I told that I thought that we needed to go in a new direction. But when I first said I wouldn't run against him, Afghanistan hadn't fallen. We didn't see the rise in inflation like we've seen. We didn't see what was happening in our schools the way it was. And we didn't see the results of the midterms that we just had. It is time for a new generation of leaders. You shouldn't have to be 80 years old to get to Washington. And we've got to start riding the ship. We need new blood because we have some serious challenges. After the insurrection, you said Trump, quote, will be judged harshly by history. He went down a path he shouldn't have and we shouldn't have followed him. And then later that same year, you said, quote, he has the ability to get strong people elected. We need him in the Republican Party. Can both of those things be true? Yes, except for the media, because the thing is... So he can be partially no, responsible for, for the insurrection, but still be an essential part of the party. I have said January 6th was a terrible day. I criticized him for that, and I stand by that criticism. I have said he was a good president in the way that he lifted up so many people economically and he did real good in this country. That can be true, too. When I see something right, I praise it. When I see something wrong, I criticize it. As you know, um, the immediate past president still maintains that the election was rigged, that it was stolen. He's not alone. There's this recent Monmouth poll that found that 61% of Republicans said that President Biden won because of a voter fraud. How do you navigate that? I don't have to navigate anything. We saw a lot of things happen during COVID that wouldn't normally happen. 
that created some mischief that shouldn't have been there. Is Joe Biden the president? Yes. Joe Biden is the president. I've we shouldn't question that. Do I think that everybody needs voter ID like what we did in South Carolina so that we know that everybody's vote is valid? Yes. But you know election denialism has become a pretty significant part. Of There's going to be a percentage of people who don't think Joe Biden's president. But 61%? I don't think it's 61%. I think you have 61% who are saying, look, we need to have trust in our elections and we need it to be as transparent as possible. In your speech, you said of China that China will end up on the ash heap of history if you're elected. Um, that's pretty strong. And a few months ago, you, you said that China was, was closer than ever to invading Taiwan. If China does invade Taiwan, should there be a military response from the United States? Republicans and Democrats for too long thought that if we were nice to China, they would want to be like us. They don't want to be like us. They want to destroy the West. We need to change the way we look at them. And so that means we should have a strong military. And for God's sake, we should not have Americans look up at the sky and see a spy balloon from China looking back down on us. And if we do those things, Craig... There won't be an issue in Taiwan because if you are strong and China knows that we mean business, they're not going to make that move. If they do invade, should there be a military response? I think we have to look at that when that happens. But what we do is we have the backs of our allies. Let's talk Ukraine for a moment. The former president, your former boss, has said that he would stop supporting the Ukrainians if he's elected. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has said that the Ukrainians shouldn't get a blank check. Where do you stand? The war in Ukraine and Russia is not about Ukraine. It's about freedom. And it's a, it's a war we have to win. Because if Ukraine doesn't win this, Russia will go on to Poland and the Baltics, and then we'll have a world war. What we need to do, and what Biden should have done, was give them what they needed to win early. We're not putting troops on the ground. We are not writing blank checks. But when they need the ammunition to win, we should give it to them. President Zelensky's asked for F-16s. Should, should we give those to him? I think we give him what he needs to win, not money, but equipment. And you recognize there's some daylight between you and the other declared candidate for the Republican nomination on that front. There's some daylight between me and Joe Biden because Joe but, Biden was slow to the table. But to be fair, but Madam Ambassador, you have to win the primary. You're talking about President Biden a lot. But there are only two candidates in the Republican primary right now. It's you and your former boss. No, and you guys are obsessed with me talking about him. But what I'll well, tell there are only you... only two candidates. It's okay. I don't kick sideways. I kick forward. And what I'm telling you is Joe Biden has not led... Let's talk about the, uh, the primary field. Uh, back in 2016, a lot of folks believed that one of the major reasons Donald Trump won was because the field was so crowded. How real is the worry? That the I, same thing happens this time around. I don't care about any of that. What I care about is going straight to New Hampshire, going to Iowa, talking to the people in South Carolina, and getting our message out to America. The only other contender in this race, he's been known to, to say some pretty dirty and nasty things about his opponents, been known to give him nicknames. Does that concern you at all? Not at all. Not one bit. I have worked with him. He's known for doing that. I got a job to do. You know, so that is Nikki Haley. Now, I noticed Newsmax... Um, is 100% behind President Trump. They're kind of dismissing her, saying, oh, she she's just running to be vice president. She's not, you know, she's not really running to be president. She's she's running to be vice president. I also want to get to, this is the uh, Today Show piece on that Ohio, what's going on in Ohio, which is just terrible, as a matter of fact. 
growing fears of a potential environmental crisis in the Ohio community where a train carrying toxic chemicals derailed nearly two weeks ago. Overnight, residents packed into a local school gym to voice their frustrations and demand answers. NBC's George Solis joins us with the very latest on it. George, good morning. Savannah, good morning. While some in this community have returned home, others are choosing to stay far away, fearing their health may be in jeopardy. That's despite several statements from officials that insist air and water quality is safe after several rounds of testing. Overnight, tempers flaring at a heated town hall. Nearly two weeks since a train operated by Norfolk Southern carrying hazardous chemicals derailed and caught fire. We're being railroaded by the railroad. People worried about their health point to the death of thousands of fish in local waters and what they call a frustrating lack of answers. This morning, federal EPA administrator Michael Regan is traveling to the site. We are with the community. We're going to hold this company accountable and we're going to be here until this problem is cleaned up. While state officials say the air is safe, they suggest drinking bottled water, especially in homes that have wells. I have been waiting for a phone call for my well testing, and I'm not getting Some evacuated locals who were told it was safe to return home now say they're suffering from burning eyes, headaches, and nausea. Norfolk Southern did not attend the PAC meeting, saying it might not be safe for its employees. But it did say in a statement to NBC News, we are not going anywhere. We are committed to East Palestine and will continue to respond to community concerns. It's just been an absolute nightmare, really. Uh, a lot on the nerves for everybody. Carol Policaro and her cousin Ashley McCollum evacuated and say their families have experienced significant symptoms they attribute to the derailment. Carol has since returned home while Ashley and her children are staying with her mom in Pennsylvania. It's just so friendly and now it's completely opposite. Everyone's terrified. No one wants to really go outside. Also worth noting that a bipartisan group of senators has sent a letter to the EPA requesting that the agency make sure that Norfolk Southern do things like pay for cleanup, compensate impacted residents, and as well as provide more monitoring plans for the future. As for that visit from the EPA administrator, well, he's expected to meet with residents inside of their homes, as well as state and local leader you know what what a disaster and again for that's the type of thing that it, it would as soon as it happened they needed massive manpower resources on the ground and what those people are going through what are they what are they supposed to do just abandon their homes abandon their lives and through incompetence in both the rail railroad and then also transportation that mayor pete in the EPA, and also that governor's not out of the woods. DeWine, you know, that was at one of the press briefings when then a reporter got arrested because everybody is just on edge. Horrible, horrible situation. All right, much more ahead on this Thursday on the John DePietro Show. The Kui set in. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn.
listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, you if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique, original stories, videos, content. Log on right at the website, dipietro.com. Remain healthy. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can also look for her on Facebook, but call her 401 305 3585. You know the building. It's that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's My Health. What do you find inside? Well, first of all, great service, great selection, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skin care. It's my health. Pop in and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets. There's things for your children. There's things for your health. Stay healthy at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie, 401-305-3585, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. To the John DePietro Show, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Remember, weekdays, 11 to 2 but visit the website dipietro.com that's the best way to reach me there's a direct link contact john we also have all our sponsors right there we have unique original reporting stories videos also all our links to social media whether it's facebook when we do facebook live or youtube or twitter it's all right there at the website dipietro.com and then remember once you're there you can also visit the shop we have great gifts that you can get. It's a happening. All links to the show. Plus, if you ever miss any part of the show, it's all right there under radio show right there. Folks, it all starts by logging on at dipetro.com. And on the left-hand side, you can always listen live. Again, all our links, everything begins and ends right there at the website dipetro.com. Falcon Pest Services. 12 months of the year, you could have a pest problem. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts called Falcon Pest Services today, 401-739-1322. Free consultation, 401-739-1322. Locally owned and operated, serving Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. They offer services for termites, bed bugs, ants, roaches, mice, rats in the summertime spring fall mosquitoes and many other pests call today for a free consultation whether it's for your home or a restaurant maybe it's once a year maybe it's once a month call falcon pest services today free consultation 401-739-1322 residential and commercial whether it's an office building a school a hotel a restaurant or your home call falcon Pest services today. Free consultation, 401-739-1322.
It's getting cold already this winter. Keep your family, your employees warm with Matthews Oil Company. Call them today, 401-942-7500. Matthews Oil Company, 24-hour emergency service. For over four generations, they make it easy to keep your home comfortable and safe. Trusted oil delivery. Call Matthews Oil Company today, 401 942 7500 you can find them online matthewsoil.com matthews oil premier dealer rhode island delivering the highest quality heating fuels at matthews oil they take pride providing reliable affordable service for you and your family celebrating 90 years of service call them now it's going to be a cold winter get that tank filled call matthews oil company today 401-942-942 7500 in an emergency they offer 24-hour emergency service matthews oil company 401-942-7500